You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Play Tessie. We have an exciting episode here for you today. We are talking the big three. No, not Paul, Kevin, and Allen. We're talking Paxton, Duvall, and JT. Those big three agents for the Red Sox that may or may not be coming back. Who's to say? We're here to figure that out. I'm joined here by Pat, Sammy, and Gordo. My name is Coop. We're happy to have you here. We're going to have a great conversation. Boys are coming off of a bender. How, how, are, we, how are we feeling? Are, are we having the Sunday scaries? Are we feeling good? I mean, some of us are in vacation land for uh, the offseason, enjoying ourselves, but we're still here partially living gordo how are you feeling the the we've been all over new england as a group i i just spent the weekend in new hampshire sammy i think what you're in maine right now yeah i'm in maine tonight gonna be in new hampshire tomorrow and then back to massachusetts so i'm doing like the noah Khan tour without vermont (laughs) pat's pat's out in connecticut hell yeah man see we're all over the place but we're here where it matters I feel matters. like having Connecticut as one of our representative New England areas is kind oh, of I, Yeah, I don't endorse that. I very much, I would consider, I've been here for seven years. Connecticut yeah, is you're not, in Connecticut now. Connecticut? Connecticut. He's a Connecticut. Yeah, he's a Connecticut. Connecticut, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not Connecticut. Connecticut. People every, from every, Connecticut, if you're a Red Sox fan, I don't think they really exist in that state. We're We're happy to have you here. But let us know what we should be calling you. I, what's up, Gato? I want to say they do exist a little bit. Not, so a, actually, not a lot. I, I have a take on this. I have a take on this. I think Connecticut Red Sox fans are really important because they're like on the front lines battling Yankees fans. Like they're right. Are they are, are like uh, Castle Black? Well, the thing yeah, is, I, I, it's it's 75% Mets or Yankees and then 25% Sox. Yeah, you're is closer to New York. Is it split Mets and Yankees? So would it be 33, 33, 25? Because if so, that's like pretty good. That doesn't yeah, add up that's 100, not 100. Shit. Do that, do that again. Do that again. No, keep doing numbers. Okay, 175 divided by two. Let's see. 37 and a half? Okay. Yeah. There you so go. it's 37 and, and a half, 37 and a half, and then 25. Which we it. are the third, so for like you can do a Connecticut That's Red Sox fan. That's slogan. a win. We are we are the thirty seven and a half percent. And to the like other thirty seven and a half Mets fans, we'll adopt you. We <laughs> we all hate the Yankees. We this is this is an alliance ship. You know, That's the, we team up with you here. guys, and we the take down New York. Well, not take down New York, but take down the Bronx. The twist is twenty five percent Red Sox, but I mean, you do the math. That's sixty-two and a half percent hate the Yankees. So we'll take that. Yes, exactly. And let's—if you're from Connecticut, you somewhat scare me. So I'm not saying you're a bigger Red Sox fan. I, you're equal. However, you're a little bit of a wild card if you're from Connecticut. So we're happy to have you down there defending the wall. Are you just saying uh, in general, Coop? Like all Connecticut people are wild cards, or Connecticut Red Sox fans are wild cards? I would say all Connecticut people are wild carded, and I mean that endearingly. You would be correct in the kindest way possible. In in the most sincere way, I'm saying Connecticut people are out of their mind. Like, why are you <laughs> living there? Yeah, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, Pat. Yeah, Pat. He's talking to you, kid. Everybody I know who lives here, 
is like, I can't wait to get out. And I'm like, if every person who lived <laughs> wow. in Connecticut said that, there'd be no one here. So I, I'm willing to bet you're not going to leave. It's so I live in Connecticut. It's not, it's not bad. Nothing wrong with Connecticut. As long as you're like they, the eastern part pizza. of it. I was in yeah. Connecticut yeah. A, a few weeks ago. It's a, it, Driving through Connecticut is nice. There's yeah, there's, the highways are real nice. It's Sir. definitely it's definitely land. Whoa, yeah. hold on. Backtrack there. George Washington Parkway can S the biggest D in the world. Okay, if you're in it in traffic, if you if you take the wrong When is time, it not traffic? I was driving on like a Sunday morning. It was okay. nice, dude. There's like it's like nice and grassy in the middle of the street. It's very like unique. I don't know. It was it's it's a nice little town or a nice state with with a bunch of nice little towns. It feels kind of like suburby like yeah you're not you're not in new york city you're not in boston but like we have access to both so like eh, we're just kind of living i i'm just traumatized from moving down to school every year and just having to drive through like the tri-state area like it's it's just traumatizing so i don't want any part of it did you drive every year point out that you said sunday morning there's no traffic like no duh <laughs> wait coop you you drive to college to drop your to like move in every single year you drive home every year yeah, I would drive home. It would be me, oh, wow. me and Big Tim. We'd be uh, moseying along in the the Dodge with everything in the back, uh, and it was great bonding time of us just sitting in traffic. But it was great. I, I missed that. For those of you who don't know, Coop from Massachusetts went to GW out in DC. As did I. I never I? drove. I only drove to and from DC for July Fourth when I was home for the summer, and when I was moving back home after senior year i'd store my stuff in the summer so i didn't have to do that how long was playtime for game four of the world series or game three playtime 18 innings like yeah. how long was the oh, game 2018 yeah okay i'm actually I'm, I'm doing the baseball reference search right now okay you do it that was just uh -huh. such an out of the blue question yeah because yeah, what what i'm trying to think about <laughs> if you were to start the game Oh, I on your drive from Boston to DC, would you be able to finish it in time? Or I you definitely would, would but yes. That's a long drive. How long is that drive? Like eight and a half hours? Uh, if you're lucky, I've done it. I've my freshman move in took me eleven hours just sitting in traffic outside Ooh. of Philly, which is another reason to just despise Philly. See, this is why I went to school in, at Suffolk, downtown Boston. Easy. Go Rams. Co-Rams, right? Football team is still undefeated. They have a football team? It's not relevant. Not a relevant question. Is it undefeated I mean, in the same way that GW's football team is undefeated? Yeah, GW's still undefeated. You guys are undefeated football team too? Hard uh, to be. Oh, yep. We have not been defeated in football. We'll say that. I think, I think my dad went to GW for one year before transferring to Babson. This is good socks talk, boys. A lot this of socks talk. talk. Three hours, fifty-four minutes. So you could probably watch it twice in your journey down to DC if you decide. If there's any seniors down there that are uh, looking to apply to schools, GW, great school. Oh um, yeah, took all my I money or all my parents' money. Uh, so big thanks to my parents. Um, but go down there. A lot of Massachusetts folks. A lot of people to watch oh, Patriots yeah. and uh, Red Sox games when they were still good. Um, which the Patriots suck now. But that's a non-topic because. We are talking about the big three, like I mentioned in the intro. Um, Celtics are great, but it's not Celtics' big three. We're talking free agents, and I guess we're about to pick one of them. We're doing Survivor for these free agents who actually wants to be around. Um, we could include Kluber if we want the Fantastic Four, 
but he kind of made it known that he's uh, what's that face two times Cy Young winner Pat yeah put some respect yeah, on Pat, that man I get that negativity out of here Corey Kluber and his 88 mile an hour heater have two Cy Youngs you know I actually felt bad for him I I, I didn't enjoy watching him struggle this year I, I felt the human side of baseball and it looked like he was genuinely miserable on the mound so I don't think we need would, to include Kluber I wish him I would like no. to make it known that despite that uh, very kind-hearted statement, Sammy, Pat's face has not changed. Yeah, Pat yeah. didn't move. I, I honestly thought I was frozen for a second. <laughs> no, 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 not frozen at all. I thought my Wi-Fi cut out because Pat was so still and full of no. rage and disgust. Pat, no. say so, one nice Pat, thing Pat, about Corey Kluber right now. We already said good things. You have to name something different. He was very good 10 years ago. Okay, we'll take that. It was good two years ago. Come on. I, see, I, yeah. I, anyway, we don't have to do the Kluber talk. No, no. We're just focusing so on the main Kluber three. is not one of the big three. He's not one of the three best free agents that the Red Sox potentially could lose this offseason. Is that what you're saying, Coop? That's uh, that's what I'm going to say. All right. Say. All right. I think I'd prefer okay, to I, back, uh, I Adalberto to... Mondesi over Kluber. At this it could point. be fun. I think it would be more fun than Kluber. Oh, I would, I'll make an argument for Mondesi. But we'll, we can get to that later. Yeah, that's. I'll make an argument for Mondesi. I like that. Uh, that's when we're deep in the uh, the yeah. off season. We're getting in the weeds. But um, I kind of want to hear from each of you what we're thinking when we're looking at these guys. So JT, I think, is maybe the one that most Red Sox fans are familiar with, and the potential for the Red Sox re-signing him as he opted out. Uh, he, I mean, how could you not opt out when he was going to get a nice fat bonus out of it? and then also get paid handsomely for the season that he just had for the Red Sox. So, I mean, he's the clear favorite, but we want to we wanna make all these guys appetizing. So we're all going to pitch who we want as our guys. So if we could just have a show of hands, who wants to go first? I, well, That's a show of phone. I have Florida. a counter to what you said, Coop. Ooh. Ooh. You, said, you said something like he's, he's the one we all want back the most, but hear me out. Adam Duvall, not as good of a season as Turner last year. I don't think anyone's arguing that. But fit-wise, Red Sox need a right fielder. They need a right-handed power bat. Last week, I spoke about how I want Jorge Soler to come to the Red Sox. You could do both. You could get Soler. You can get Duvall. Duvall's a good defender out in right field. He can handle Fenway. You can even get Duvall if you're not planning on getting a right-handed bat like Soler. I think the profile is a really good fit. And the defense is something that I don't think many are considering. That's, it's not incredible. I know he's a former gold glove winner. He's 34 now, but, you know, just having a capable defender out there and a right-handed bat, it's going to be a cheap one too. I think the fit is better than a lot of people think. So Turner had a better year, not denying that. Fit-wise, Duvall might be a better fit. Just saying. Do you think if Duvall didn't get hurt, that people would be looking at this a whole lot differently. Like, I don't think he continues that hot streak that he had at the beginning of the year, yeah. but at least he doesn't have this giant gap to break things up and having to rehab and coming back from that. I think things yeah, could have been completely exactly. different. Throughout his career, and there's a few outlier seasons, but generally the guy he's been is he'll have those crazy hot streaks like we saw at the beginning and end of this year, 2023, I should say. Uh, and then he cools off, which we saw that as well. We saw his cold stretch too. I don't think... Well, I think it's pretty clear he wouldn't have maintained that 1,000 OPS pace, but um, 
I don't think it would be too different of a feel had he stayed healthy. He kind of is who he is. He's been in the league for a long time, 34 years old. So, yeah, I, I think I, I think we are where we're at with Duvall. Solid player, older now. Nobody's going to be psyched if they bring him back. It's kind of like one of those, you get the notification on your phone, you go, huh, huh. okay, that's it. Uh, I would say that's about it. That that's pretty average. That's like, um, what was our reaction last week to the? Was it Jordan Montgomery? No, we were all no. Reacting. Who was the pitcher? It, oh. it might have been for. It might have been for Teos. No, it was for someone. I I said I signed Teos. There was, was a Teos mad guy. If they oh, signed Teos, it, it must have been Wit. Oh yeah, maybe uh, one of them. It was a huh. huh I think I would give yeah, Duvall yeah. a little like a huh, a little higher yeah. voice. Okay. Yeah, it would be it would be a similar reaction. I feel like it's like remember when like they re-signed Martin Perez after 2020, and it yeah. was like yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't dislike Martin Perez, but like oh man, like I was kind of hoping they would try to improve that spot. You know, right? it's like, I dislike him after 2021. That, yeah, that was, not after yeah. 2021, but the ending to 2021. Yeah, uh, but no, Coop. I think you're right though. You make a good point about that if he played more because he played in, in 92 games this year. Had an 834 OPS, and that OPS was basically due to two crazy hot streaks that lasted like a couple weeks apiece. And it's a pretty solid bet that if he played, let's say, 120, 130 games, that a lot of those games would have been, they would have been like the majority of the games he played, which is a lot of strikeouts, you know, maybe one for four, maybe hits a double off the wall. I don't know. But like, it's not like he had those couple weeks where you could maybe get like, three, four, maybe even five homers a week out of him. Like, that's not the majority of the time he plays. I agree with you, Sammy. Like, it wouldn't be the most exciting thing in the world, but you're you're also right that you can't deny the fit. Like, they need, as particularly if they trade Verdugo, they're going to need an outfielder. They could use somebody who could help push Masa, Masa Yoshida into the DH spot sometimes. Like, they need right-handed power. He's that. I would hope that they maybe get could go and get someone that you want to have here for you know the longer term but yeah my thought on this is if you can't get that star guy like if you're not going to get Soto Tatis like whatever if they want to go after P. Alonso which I don't whatever like if they don't if they don't get like a stud then I'm totally okay with them continuing to kick the can down the road with one one or two year deals until something like that comes so yeah, like Duval fits into that territory. I, th- I think the projections for his contract have been around like one year, seven and a half mil. And I think a lot of us during last year thought he was going to get more. But if it's going to take that, like, yeah, why not? It's yeah. not going to blow your socks off. But yeah, why not? I don't think he's anyone's. I don't think it's a hot take to say he's not anyone's first choice for right field. But I don't think anyone would be upset about bringing Duval back. He was he was a lot of fun, too, last year. On top of the production, it was kind of exciting when he got out because you never know. He was one of those guys who could just change the game with one swing and you know i, I like Duvall. i i hope he I, I would be very happy to see him come back we didn't Add have a the, lot of those guys either if you like how many guys for the red sox last year would step up to the plate and you know maybe two guys are on and it's like this guy could change the game right here like yeah, it's like devers yeah, guy. he was up. like we had good players like the, like you yoshida even at his best was like a really good player but he wasn't going to step up there and you were thinking okay three run homer may be coming right here like they didn't have that with yeah. him yeah, no, no I, I agree. Duvall did give you that vibe where you felt you felt good when he came up to the plate. You didn't feel like you didn't feel like oh, this is going to be another letdown. You felt like this could be this could be big. And a lot of the times it was. I mean, that first uh, 
that home run against uh, Baltimore first week of the season. That was awesome. The first light show at Fenway, I believe, too. So yep. that was fun. At last. So Duvall, we like Duvall. Duvall friendly like podcast. Duvall. Yeah. Pat, as any any thought? Yeah, no, just to kind of loop back to what Gordo was saying. It, the Red Sox have the outfield depth, which is why Verdugo becomes expandable amongst other personal and clubhouse, whatever. But the other thing is there's depth there, yet you you don't know who's going to be the starting outfield next year. You've got plenty of outfielders. You don't know who the starting outfielder will be. So I think Adam Duvall is a perfect platoon guy if they go either Rafaela or Duran in center. If Willie Abreu just kind of fizzles out, we just saw the best of Willie Abreu. Duvall has the arm and the range to play over and right. I think he's the perfect mix and match guy to kind of fill the gaps and get guys off their feet. I think he's, like Sammy said, I, would I be over the moon about Duvall coming back? No. But would that be a person I would gladly welcome back after the year he just had if he's healthy for the whole year? Absolutely. I think you'd be, it'd be kind of ridiculous not to be open to at least having him as your fourth outfielder or platoon right fielder, whatever it may be. Yeah, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Yeah. I'd be happy with it. And, and add to the fact that, you know, a lot of the praise that Alex Cora gave to Justin Turner was him being a clubhouse presence after JD and uh, Xander left last year. And he was, he was someone that was supposed to come in and kind of lead the clubhouse. And he did. I mean, I, I would say at the end of the year, he became the clear captain of that, that team. I know everyone expects the big star, the guy getting paid 300 milli to lead that clubhouse is Devers, but it's also Devers is not really going to be the guy to ever lead that clubhouse. I think. I mean, he could get to that point where he is that David Ortiz, but he still has such a long way to go. Um, so I think having Adam Duvall, who is a World Series winner, who's been on a core team like the Braves and understands what it takes to get a team not just into the playoffs, but keep everyone together throughout the playoffs, that's an added benefit. I, I don't think that should be lost in you know, keeping Justin Turner around because he's a vibes guy. Awesome. I love having fun baseball to watch, but I, I don't think having Adam Duvall miss this past year, the majority of this past year, should detract from the fact that he can be that clubhouse presence as well for the Sox. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A guy that I want to touch upon, because I think he is, as I said earlier, most people look towards Justin Turner as the guy to re-sign. The guy least likely I think people are willing to re-sign right now is James Paxton. I kind of want to argue in his favor, because he, he is a solid pitcher. He's been plagued the last three years since 2020 with getting hurt and not finishing up a season. And I kind of look at him as someone who has dominated, someone who has been a dog and probably wants to get into that playoff spot because I don't believe he has a single playoff appearance in his career. If I'm wrong, right? I mean, he was with the Mariners for a majority of time. Yeah, you're right. What about the Yankees? unless he was? No, he, unless he, was, he, he big, was hurt before he that. Big outing, 
get a big outing against Houston with the Yankees in the playoffs, but he has very Did limited he? playoff experience. Yeah. I, I I'll, I'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure I remember him pitching against Houston in, in 2017 with the, uh, okay. uh, with the Yankees. Was he on um, the Yankees yeah, man, in 2018? I, was he, he, he wasn't in that series against the Red Sox. No, they had J.A. Happ in game one. Yeah, I might be thinking 2019 here. Yeah, here you go. So 2019, he pitched in the ALDS, 4.2 innings, gave up three earned runs. And then the one that I was referencing was the ALCS um, performance that he had against Houston, also 2019. Uh, okay. He pitched 8.1 innings in that series, gave up two earned runs. So he, he's got some playoff experience. And he was okay. he was good in... You know, two out of the three outings, he was good. So, so he has the go. taste, wants to be there. And I kind of center on, that's not like the main reason, like not the vibes guy, not the clubhouse guy, um, but more of the fact that a lot of other teams that are being linked to him right now are the Halos, the Cards, uh, the Padres I've seen on some of their beat writers talking about them when I searched his name up. So what that indicates to me, it's all teams that are struggling to maintain relevancy in the whole competition part of what's going on i mean the padres are about to go through a salary dump when they're still they still have a ton of money and they're still going to be looking to push into the playoffs with a wild card slot i'm sure i mean every team plays for a pennant but let's be real here with the dodgers still existing in the west always going to be an uphill battle but when other teams are considering this guy to be maybe middle back end of the rotation red sox are also going to need that I mean, they're, they might not hit on every single pitcher that they want to bring in. But if you can get someone to come in, be fifth guy in the rotation if they want to go down that road, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing back James Paxton because you're gambling on his health. And I think you, with that being said, you can probably get him on a low-end deal, save money for your starting pitchers that you do want to spend on, could be able to slot him in here. That is the upside. Add to the fact, I want to give people a little bit of this. Load up for me. Uh, for those living in doubt, this is from Sports Wave, completely random Canadian blog. Uh, for those living in Delta, there was simply no other individual who is more deserving for this award than Ladner's BC's James Paxton, who was nominated, who was named recipient of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame's 2018 Tip O'Neill Award. What the actual F is the Tip O'Neill Award? Could not tell you, but I do know. Joey Votto won that award. So you're dealing with Ooh. Canadian's best pitcher. Canadian? Canada's best pitcher. <laughs> if the Red Sox cannot get Japan's best athlete, I want to get another country's best athlete. That's all I care yeah, about. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that James Paxton might not be the best athlete from Canada. Uh, Baseball. Hockey. Oh, okay. Um, so here's my problem with James Paxton. And Coop, you kind of sort of answered it already, but for Gordo and Pat, if the Red Sox do re-sign him, regardless of the money, what do you do with him? I think you stretch him into a long-term relief role. I, you need another lefty out of the pen. That's known. If he's open to a bullpen role on on like a cheaper deal, I wouldn't hate it, but I could see why they don't do it just because the health has been a huge question mark the past three or four years. 
it was a Heim guy. He fizzled out. And then the second that goes through, you know, you, there's going to be the fans who are freaking out that, oh my God, they're rebuilding the Sam rotation. I think the, the perception of it won't be great from the fan viewpoint. But if his role is a lefty out of the pen, that makes more sense because that builds his durability. He's playing more, but not throwing as many innings. I could see a way he fits into the puzzle. I would, I'm not clamoring for it. I'll put it that way. Real quick. What do you think that would do for Pavetta's role? Do you think that means they keep him in as long relief? Or do you think that helps his case in becoming a starter once again for the Red Sox? I'm actually, I haven't said this on the pod or even in the group chat, I think. Um, I think that one of Pavetta, Hauk, or Cutter Crawford gets traded this offseason. So, Ooh. I like I like Ooh. the idea with Pavetta and Crawford. That's that's selling high. I don't hate that. I well, that that we'll talk about before. <laughs> that's that's yeah. an interesting point to get to, Pat. Because I think if you re- I don't think you can sign Paxton in a reliever role. I just don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to get offers either. to start. So yeah. So if 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 that's the role they offer, I don't think it would get it done. Uh, but what I do think would be okay is if you offered Paxton, he's probably only getting a one max two-year deal. Uh, if you wanted him to be basically slotting in there as your five, that opens the door to selling on maybe Pivetta, maybe Hauk, maybe Cutter Crawford. Because if you sign, like, I think most people agree, you got to end up after the offseason with two starting pitchers that are better than Brian Bayo. So if you've got those two guys... And then you've got Sale, Bayo, and you've re-signed Paxton to be the five. That opens up a lot of wiggle room to trade not only you know expiring Nick Pavetta, but controllable guys like Howe and Cutter. So I would not personally me. I think if they re-sign Paxton, it's going to be a, it's a sign that they're not going to sign two pitchers that are better than Bayo. So I'm personally against it. But if they do sign him to be the five, that's that's how you could convince me to be for it because it really opens a lot of doors on the trade market. You'd have a lot of pitching depth. If you did that, if you signed three guys, if you signed mm-hmm. three guys, like you've got, you've got pitchers to move. You've got pitchers as starting pitcher depth and you've got pitchers to move. So to, to backtrack very slightly um, on the idea of Paxton in the bullpen, I'm not fully sold that moving a guy to the bullpen equals higher chance of keeping him healthy because starting pitchers are on a consistent schedule. They do the same thing every week. There's no surprises. They don't get thrown into the fire. Whereas the life of a reliever is more sporadic. You don't know when you're going to get used. You don't have the same schedule. So I'm not fully sold that making him a reliever will help him stay healthy. However, I do understand that a lower amount of innings pitched might lead to that. So you know, I'm kind of somewhere in between. I'm not fully sold on that theory, but I hear it. That was that was the ultimate, as Rob would say. I like you, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, no, hey, hey, he, he might be exactly right. I just don't no, know. There's there's too many. No, and that, many that's the thing is, head on me. Eh, maybe not. Nah. So, and like that's why, like I, I was like, I want to make a case for him. I don't think he's the worst pitcher on the market, but I also don't think that he's the right suit for the Red Sox, but that also goes with saying that there are a ton of upsides to actually bringing him back here. And if the Red Sox were to do that, that's kind of maybe reasons why they might do it. 
Um, and Cooper, sure. you got got to remember, people. He he was really good until when he first came out of the gates. I, the I thought he deadline. was impressive. He was yeah. for a while too, up until like the week of the deadline. He was really good, and we were talking about like, does he get a qualifying in sale? Offer? Him and Sale were like cooking for a while. I remember in the middle of the rotation, we had two like veteran lefties at the top, and it felt good for like a week. I and think it was like reality struck. What was it like the last two starts that he had before the deadline was when we were like, oh, maybe we should have sold yeah. high on him. Yeah. Uh, and then, then it, it really, and then it totally unraveled. It's like, okay, that's yeah. what scares me though. Is James Paxton like, is the kind of guy, like, that's the kind of guy who I think should sign with like Oakland or something yes like no pressure go out there do your thing you're not being relied on for high leverage situations and then at the deadline if things are going well and you want to be traded to a contender go you'd be helping out the a's you get a good return paxton would be able to chase a ring in his later years so yeah i i, I hear all the red sox arguments i just don't think i don't think he's much of a fit right now the, the old rich hill is what you just described there yeah kind of sort of honestly that's a, that's a really good comparison maybe Paxton, uh, a little higher ceiling. Than He's a that, rich but... man's. He's a rich man's Rich Hill. Yep. Rich yep. Hill, rich, a rich, rich Hill. What? A rich, rich Hill. Anyway. Rich, rich Hill. So does that yeah. does that just mean that it's a it's a mound of dirt that just has a lot of gold in it? Well, Rich Hill is yeah, rich. Yeah. He's been in the majors for like a thousand years, so he's definitely rich. So rich, okay. richer, a richer, rich Hill, a richer, rich, richer, rich, rich, rich Hill. How much a rich could yeah. a rich hill rich if a rich hill hill rich rich? Yeah, shout out to my dad whose name is Rich as well. Yay. He's also from Milton. So there you go. Oh, hey. we love He's our not a major league pitcher. Uh, and moving on to our final guy, Gordo. Do you? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Justin Turner? I do. I do because when we talk about the free agents that the Red Sox have, I think you can make the argument for. A few guys and and we have and you guys have today but i think there's only one free agent where if he left the red Sox, it would be losing something borderline irreplaceable like justin turner was was the leader of that team last year you know we talk about how the red Sox need a right-handed bat a a, a power hitter in the lineup he was that from april through august justin turner was everything we're saying that the Red Sox need. And the one thing that people kind of think he's not is versatile. Like we we hear Breslow talk about how we want a DH who, you know, can play the field, get some guys days off. We I don't know why we don't see Justin Turner as that, but because before he hurt his foot, he was he was playing first base, stopping third base, but he, but he can do it. And he was playing second base. He only stopped yeah. playing second base because he got hurt. He was doing it. And of course, if you have him playing second base, you can move Massa to the D eight. Like it, it allows you to do whatever you want with your lineup. And so you've basically you go ahead. I have up. a point to add to after that because that was a great point. Okay. Right okay. Yeah, I, I I think he fits everything you need from a player perspective. He will take a short term deal. It remains to be seen if it's one or two years. It depends on who you ask. I think the local. The local Boston writers are all convinced he's getting multi-years where I think the national guys are leaning a little bit more towards one. I think it's a 50-50 shot, so I'm not going to try to predict it. But he's a short-term guy. He is a right-handed bat who can hit for some pop. This is a guy who had an 845 OPS before he got hurt. He basically got hurt on the last day of August. He had an 845 OPS going into that. And we were talking on the last podcast about how great it would be to have Jorge Soler in the lineup. He had an 853 OPS. So OPS wise, 
basically the same guy, except you're going to get him on a short-term deal and you're going to get more leadership there. Um, I just don't get why we've kind of written it off a Justin Turner return. And I know Breslow's quote the other day where he said, like, we love what he did in the lineup. We love what he does in the community. And then he said, we'll see if he fits and how he fits. And so stuff like that. And then the stuff that, that Turner said at Pedro's gala, that means though, we'll see if he fits to me. That means we're going after someone bigger. If we can't, then maybe we'll see if, you know, and that's just me hypothesizing, but. I think he's talking about a certain DH. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I think. I was, I was thinking a certain yeah. DH. And um, Gordo, I, 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 I agree with everything you said. Um, there were multiple times in 2023 where I would have kissed Justin Turner right on the mouth from how good he was playing. But I think we need to address the age because that's definitely significant. He's going to be 39 next year. What do you, you can't, we talked about this last episode, you pay guys for what they're going to do. Can we expect another 800 plus OPS season from Justin Turner? Granted, last year, I would have told you no way he's 38 years old. Egg on my face. So it just, it's so nerve wracking when you're talking about a key role. This isn't like a, this guy's going to bat seven or eight and he's not going to play all the time. This guy's going to be in the middle of your lineup. And if that signing doesn't work out and your vibes guy suddenly isn't performing, scary, scary situation. A little similar to the Kike situation last year. Not a perfect comparison, but, you know, it tracks. Going off that real quick, the other thing is there are teams that Justin Turner fits just as good, if not better, which I think, like Sammy was saying, he's a 39-year-old. They're saying he could get like a two-year deal. Yeah. If you're getting in a bidding war and matching a contract and then you tie yourself into paying a guy for his 39 and 40-year-old seasons, when there's legit talent out there that can be acquired that is a younger and more powerful upgrade, I guess, it's risky. I think that like Arizona makes a ton of sense. Younger teams going into the playoffs that need a veteran guy, those are the teams that should be willing to give him the two years. The Red Sox aren't really in that position. Because if you tie him down, how often can you play a 40-year-old at second base? I would argue never. I think on a one-year deal, I can see how it works. I obviously would gladly welcome him back. He's awesome. But I think on the open market, there's going to be teams that are willing to kind of go above and beyond. And I don't think the Red Sox should do that. Add to the fact that you might want to be getting Cassis a little bit more reps beyond his rookie season. Yeah. I think that is important. I mean, I, I personally would like to see Cassis getting as many game starts as possible at first base, especially if you have a certain someone at third base that we all talk about eventually moving to DH. Why get Cassis kind of like, too accustomed to DHing and playing first base when you want to leave that room open, especially if you're going to be signing someone else as a DH. So it, it does kind of make sense where it is. Yes, it's nice to have him back. Yes, it would be great to see Justin Turner leading the clubhouse. Yes, it would be nice to even have that right-handed bat that we had last year in him return. I don't know if I trust it. 
I like I really don't. And when this team is, we talk about the young core that is now there that Heim Bloom left Craig Breslow and the fact that, you know, you now want to start supplementing that as we talked about in that final episode that we departed from Heim Bloom, that Gordo was just kind of like, hey, the core is there. We just have to keep supplementing and supplementing and just let Heim like spend this offseason. Well, now we have Craig Breslow and this is the opportunity to start spending and get away from the Band-Aid fixes. So, yeah, like it it's bittersweet to part from these guys. But after the hell that Red Sox fans have been through since 2019 and losing Mookie Betts, I think it's now more than ever time to like just be cool with letting guys go in order to trust the process, even though Philly fans have kind of taught us <laughs> not to trust the process. It, it, I, I think there is legitimate reason now to not sign him. And that, again, not because I don't want uh, Justin Turner back with the Red Sox. It's because I want players that can contribute to a world series with the red Sox, so that's like a tough pill to swallow but again i i, I do want to point out the fact that gordo brought up that you know they plugged him in at second base and he was doing really well and Corey had mentioned with carabas on his podcast that like he was really brought in there to take as many reps and as many starts at second base as possible to help out with the fact that they were struggling in the middle infield and a that's great to have a versatile guy B, I don't like that he was brought into this team for that exact reason. Like they, they, the Red Sox shouldn't be doing that yeah, at this Derek, point where they're just doing the, That's fixes. the big thing right there. Like he 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 was good yeah, in Coop, his you, job that, while that's he was a good point. here. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to have to rely on a thirty nine year old guy to quote unquote play a lot of second base. So. I agree with what you said, Coop. Great job. He did what we needed him to do, but ideally, you don't want the Red Sox to want to have to go with a plan like that. You know, it's just yeah. not. It's not ideal in any scenario. Maybe I, first see, base. I agree with that. Even even in arguing that they should keep Justin Turner, I agree with that. I think Plan A and B and C should be aiming higher, like the DH spot slash potentially left field spot if you want to push Yoshida to DH. Like this is an opportunity for the Red Sox to get someone with a higher ceiling, someone who could help contribute not just next year, but but beyond that. I just think that if if guys like if you strike if they don't if they don't acquire Juan Soto, if they talk to Otani's people and you know he's gonna pursue something on the West Coast of a lot more money than the Red Sox are offering. If stuff like that falls through I would rather have Justin Turner on a one or two year deal and keep that flexibility to, cause there's going to be big bats that come available every single year. Like there's going to be guys that you can get. I would rather have a guy on a one or two year deal who you trust at minimum to just be the leader in the clubhouse and be the guy, you know, teaching guys like Marcelo Meyer when they come up, I'd rather have it on a one or two, one or two year deal to be flexible so that they can always be in a position to acquire the next big difference maker. These four-year deals that like guys like Teoscar Hernandez are going to get, you know, even three-year deals, like they scare me because it takes them out of the market on these guys. So I like Turner for all those reasons. I don't think he should be their plan A. I do agree with what you said, Coop. I think they should aim their sights higher. I hope they do. But if they if they strike out there, I would rather see a guy like Justin Turner on a one or two-year deal, a guy that we've seen perform and lead here than a guy on a four-year deal. I'll continue to to shoot down Teoscar Hernandez any opportunity I can get. Do not bring him to Boston. I hate Teoscar. You, you, you uh, hate that. Uh, 
I mean, if we if we get to January and Justin Turner is still around, like end of January, and we're like, oh, he doesn't have a home yet. We could give him a home. We could. The dude loves Boston. He extended yeah, his this... lease to stay in Boston through November. Like this guy's awesome. Flirty. That's also though. Like I feel like that's a little bit of the Scott Boris. Uh, he, does he have Scott Boris as his agent? I know Paxton Scott does. Ross. Paxton does for sure. I know that. Spot rack, spot hey, rack. What a, what, a, what a weird guy, Scott Boris. Vayner <laughs> his sports. pitches are bizarre. Yeah, what, what's right. Vayner Sports? I've never heard of that. Gary, but Gary I mean, like, I, as as nice as it is as it is to see Justin Turner dressing up as um, one of the Ninja Turtles for Halloween and running around Boston on the Green Line, like it is, a, it is a little bit of a marketing tactic, I'm sure. As as much as he has fun doing that, and I I would love to think that um, Pat's gonna go pee himself if for people for people that are uh, that are curious how the sausage is made, Pat just backed out because he's gonna possibly wet himself he's not hearing this so i'm perfectly okay with him uh not knowing that we're talking about this right now i hope he makes it to the bathroom um but let's let's stop talking about a possible second baseman that heim bloom brought in and maybe let's talk about another second baseman who is a legitimate second baseman that rob bradford kind of surfaced last week uh the red sox would be somewhat interested in offloading Verdugo to the Yankees for Gleyber Torres? Do it. Do it. Oh. Do it. Right to the point, Sammy. Are you kidding me? What? Please. I would love to hear the argument against it. Like, come on. How are you, you going to find someone better than that? For a first, even for a stopgap? Like, dude, that'd be great. I don't love the guy, but like, who else? Losing the last year of control over Verdugo, I'm very okay with. I, yeah, you guys, and, and honestly, even for the, I don't want to advocate for the Yankees, but that's a perfect fit for them too. That's like everyone wins in this scenario. It's, it's, I would pay so much money to see his interaction with Yankee fans on opening day. Oh, they'd love him. I'd love him. No, I think there would be so much PR work to like get him to, or get the two to kind of like see eye to eye after everything that's happened. See, I think he likes them. I, I think he, I, and, and this is a take that people are going to hate. I think Red Sox fans and Yankees fans are separated by this much. We are wildly similar. We hate each other, but we're wildly similar, which is probably why we hate each other. Mm. And I don't know. I think Verdugo would be a hit with the Yankees. This is gross to even talk about, but I think Just he'd be a hit with him them. And, uh, the beard. Yeah. <laughs> he would do it. I've, he was babyface with the Dodgers originally. Yeah, Didn't he have Yankees like a little like have a, they'd finally get a player with a personality? <laughs> well, I'm sure Aaron like Judge could have one if he didn't Dodgers. have a GM that hated him. Judge, oh dude, Judge is—I'm sure he's a nice guy, but great teeth. Yeah, great set of teeth on him. Nice chopper. All natural, all natural teeth. All natural. My only issue is what would it take to get Glaber Torres? Because that's obviously that's not going to be a one in one transfer. You're going to have to package stuff up. Um, it's just more of a sense of I don't know where the Yankees are, and I put this in the show notes of are they going to start being aggressive on their end of the trades because. Heim Bloom was noted by other executives as being unfair in his trade proposals with people so much to the fact that teams just stopped picking up the phone whenever he called because it would be like a 80 to 20% trade off for the Red Sox and just wasn't ever realistic. 
do we know how much is that serious or do we know how much of that is just like executives just being like, hey, the dude doesn't want to do business with me? No, I think we have evidence of him being aggressive. He got offered Edward Cabrera for half a season of Justin Turner and wanted more. Yeah. So it, like, that's the question is, how is Greg Breslow going, Craig, Craig Breslow going to attack like some of these trades and how is he going to deal with them? Is he going to be willy nilly offloading some of the prospects like Dave Dombrowski allegedly did? Uh, or is he going to try and find ways to move current assets that could somewhat get the Yankees to buy in on? I We're going to be doing a who says no with Bradfoe later on the baseballs and boring show. And I've got a little something in the holster for that. I can tell you boys that little teaser for the fans to go over there but listen to the rest of this first um but i i do think the yankees might be a little aggressive with the way things are sounding over in the bronx right now i think why would this not be a fair go ahead pat sorry no i was gonna say i think the difference between verdugo and glaber there's definitely a difference red sox gonna have to give up something more i don't think the difference is all that much I think you can probably throw in one of those guys who you in all likelihood will lose in the rule five draft off the top of my head. Like, I don't know. Craig, Craig's gonna, Paulino. Yeah. Paulino, like Craig's going to have his own kind of value on these guys. So I, you don't really know who is kind of going to be on that line for Craig. Maybe he opts to keep more pitchers and you have a position player available, whatever it may be. I think one of those guys who is rule five cusp probably makes up the value in Glaber. No, I, and you're, you're right about that, Pat. And I want to go back to what some, some of the things that Breslow has said multiple times since getting this job is that you have to get uncomfortable to trade. If you're not willing to get uncomfortable, you're never going to make a trade. He's, he said things like that multiple times since getting this job. I think he knows from the people he's spoken to in the organization, probably before dur or during and after the hiring process, that that was a problem in the previous regime. I think he's going to be ready to make a move like that. I just think that the only argument I can think of against Glaber is not against Glaber. It's are there other second base options you like better? Because I don't think the Red Sox, they've said that they're willing to stand with what they have at second base. Like there's people out there that'll tell you that like Pablo Reyes, Luis Arias, Emmanuel Valdez, whatever, like, like that's going to be enough. Someone will, will step up from that group. But I think there's a lot of good options out there. And, and the only argument against Glaber, in my opinion, is if they can get a guy like Jorge Polanco for a similar price, you know, a guy that's a switch hitter, guy that's got two years instead of one. I, I don't think they should pursue too much more outside of guys with like one or two years, like maybe Jonathan India. I don't know, but they really just need a bridge guy here. And Glaber Torres, he's got one year left on his deal. And to your point, Pat, about talking to or talking about those guys, Verdugo and Glaber being pretty close to even in terms of value, Glaber's set to make a lot more this year in arbitration than Verdugo. So even though Glaber had a better year than Duty last year, and he was pretty much the Yankees' second best hitter after Aaron Judge last year. Hit that, that financial impact, like the Yankees lessening the hit from him to Verdugo is going to allow them to do, to do more. You got Hal Steinbrenner fresh off a comment of saying he doesn't want to continue having $300 million payrolls. So as much as Yankee fans don't want to hear it, something like that is important. Yeah, Gordo, and, and that's kind of the point I wanted to make was the when you take into the, the financials into account, I think the 
the the people who think the Red Sox need to add on to this trade, that's way overstated. Glaber Torres is not a good defender at second base. Alex Verdugo is a excellent defender in right field. And of course, Glaber's a better bat, but Verdugo is a fine bat. You're getting no weaknesses really with Verdugo aside from the off the field stuff. But on the field, you're, the guy doesn't really have any weaknesses. Glaber has a clear deficiency in his defense. So what you said, Gordo, what I just said, add those together. I don't think the Red Sox need to add much at all. Even Edinson Paulino, I think you can go even lower than that. Give them a, a flyer on a guy that has a good fastball and single A or there's something like that. I think it's a pretty fair one-for-one one if you want to go that route. So, um, yeah, the people who say, like, oh, Red Sox are really going to have to sweeten the pot. Get out of here. No, they're not. It's a very, very close value-wise trade if you consider everything, including money. What are you I telling give me you to get out of here? I want to give you a rebuttal to that, Sammy. Because I actually do think it's going to cost you a little bit just because there aren't too many like second basemen who can hit for power, you know, like labor tours. Like with Verdugo, like there's like a good amount of outfielders on the market. You know, you, if you don't want Verdugo, you could trade for Max Kepler. Like there's guys out there. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think that if you can get Glaber Torres for Alex Verdugo and a guy to Pat's point that you're going to lose in the rule five draft or a guy that, you know, maybe the organization isn't that high on. Cause yes, I think it's going to cost a reasonable prospect, but like certainly nothing in the top 10, like probably something closer to the bottom half of your top or the bottom of the top 20, like maybe your 18th or 19th guy, like an Edinson Paulino, like Nathan Hickey was the guy who, when I was toying with trades, that's the one I came to, you know, the catcher that, that can hit, but sure. you know, you can't really yeah. figure out a, a, what, what position he plays defensively. Like there's a trade to be had there. It's more so a matter of are the Red Sox going to trade with the Yankees? You know, one th- one point I want to make before, before we move on or before you guys make a final point on this Verdugo and Yankee stadium. Like we all think about Verdugo not having much pop because his pole Dude, side is, 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 is the Fenway park right field. That, that short porch would be really interesting to watch him hit at. I, I would, I would think the Yankees when they're thinking about Verdugo are thinking about that. Man made me 80 bucks on opening day in 2022 when I went down there. Um, just because I, I, me and a buddy, we just put in, I think, 10 bucks on him hitting a home run and uh, cash that immediately in his first at-bat. So that was nice. I love that he tackles uh, Yankee Stadium. Would not love that if he is a Yankee tackling Yankee Stadium, though. True. Um, well, but with that, we're, we're going to wrap things up here. We're going to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, conversely, Glaber swing would be beautiful at Fenway. So That is a fact. That is true. Yeah. yeah, he, pulls, yeah he pulls a lot of balls. So Sucks. Again, socks, socks, baby. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to wrap this one up. We're going to move on to our enough sets. Um, Boys, you, you got anything that you want to clean up from uh, since last episode? Let's go first. I can go first. I kind of want Pat to go first. Pat's got to go first. All right. My enough said this week is nothing in particular, just the Twitter account in general. A lot of people react to this guy and i cannot fathom why it's mlb executive burner on twitter he tweets out scoops which are really just obvious fits in places and he goes it would make sense they probably have interest and people are like oh my god like freak out they think it's got like gospel like it's it's insane to me i have two screenshots regarding the red sox (laughs) 
There's a, quote, level of interest from the Red Sox and Twins Jorge Polanco. Red Sox looking to move Verdugo. Belief is in the organization, Sedan Rafaela, best fits in center field. Don't line up well with Twins yet on a Polanco deal. Unless Twins will basically give away Jorge Polanco. So you're telling me that the team that needs a second baseman might have a level of interest in a very good second baseman? I- I'm shocked. <laughs> I- I'm stunned. I am God, this is like the uh, that MLB trade values website. They say like our our uh, so this this is similar complaint. Yeah. They say our model accepted this trade, but what they don't tell you is that the model accepts like ninety five percent of trade to different levels. So it's like it could barely accept the trade, but it still says yeah we accept the trade. So yeah, I get it. It's like they give you a vague statement, and then it's like told you. See, yeah, and then I'm pretty I mean, sure I did like Marcelo Meyer for Shohei Otani straight up, and the Red Sox won the trade. Yeah, and or like, the Angels won the trade in that. Again, looping back, like you're telling me that the team that needs a second baseman has an interest in an available second baseman. I think this guy had Craig Breslow's room bugged at the GM meetings. How how do you know this? <laughs> the other Maybe one is, is this guy. I I don't know who this man is. Could is be a woman. It could, it could be. Come on, Pat. Obsessed. Obsessed with hating on Connor Wong and Reese McGuire. He, I. this is not when I screenshot it, but I know he has said this multiple times. He says that Mitch Garver is a fit for the Red Sox, which, okay. The reason is to be our DH and mm-hmm. also play left field. Mitch Garver has not played oh. left field since 2017 in Minnesota. Buddy, no. Justin Turner was playing no. second base for the Boston Red Sox. He then, no. this is the one no. that really no. fired me up. This is this is what got him on my nuff said. Connor Wong, OPS versus right-handed pitching, 734. OPS versus left-handed pitching, 501. Martin Maldonado. <laughs> OPS versus right-handed pitching, 538. OPS versus left-handed pitching, 816. Yeah, I'd say the Red Sox are interested. <laughs> I would beg to differ. I would Connor very Wong's much. A, Connor Wong's a I kid would, who's improving. I He's would very much. He has one of the best arms right now behind the dish in the league. Also, yeah. And what's he, the like, point? Of, honestly, Connor Connor Wong has the potential, and I don't mean this in a negative way. Once Kyle Teal comes up. Connor Wong has the potential to be like the like the perfect backup catcher, great defender, occasional pop, and, and speed. Sandy where Leon. do you ever see that from? Texas? Sandy Leone. He's got good speed, like seventy fifth percentile. Get that? Yeah, that's a crazy, crazy Martin Maldonado. Are you kidding me? The nah. other thing is he's bashing Connor Wong against left handed pitching, buddy. You left out Reese McGuire. He hits. <laughs> what did he hit this year? Was he over three hundred this year? I feel like he dipped below. I think he, he had kind of a tougher second half. But to your another thing, Pat, when you're when you're talking about catchers, like so much of Major League Baseball these days has pitchers with personal catchers, and catchers will catch specific guys that are comfortable with them. Like you're not, it's much harder to platoon catchers based off of lefty righty. Like it's more so like X guy loves throwing to Connor Wong. So guess what? He's getting Connor Wong no matter who's on the mound. So I, also, I don't really I don't buy into the split thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Maldonado still throws throws down hand signals. That yeah. is so. That grow up, Martin. That's got to be so hard for pitching staff to go from the pitch com to just finger signs with Martin Maldonado. 
that might be like gamesmanship like he does straight up does not use pitchcom at all i am that's weird it's like why I, would they catch like a boomer like a I boomer believe. rejecting the uh he's rejecting the new wave he's like i'm not do you remember alex Torre originally said in spring training that they weren't going to do pitchcom and then immediately started using it like two weeks in yeah that's yeah so classic. oh yeah <laughs> yeah of course um yeah. gordo do you want your enough said first or yeah i'll take it Right. happy it's to us right now it's sunday and we watched we were all up at 9 30 a.m this morning watching the pats jesus christ oh my god i didn't watch that game are you hey, kidding me I i'm not wasting my sunday on those okay, guys fine Maybe i went down to the all. esplanade to play catch and it was freezing the same people were not watching the insane people we were watching and i i was rooting against them i was thrilled at the end um but yeah just final thought mac jones is cooked the pats are cooked I'm curious to know if there are people still rooting for this team to win games. If you are still rooting to for this team to win games, why? Like, feel free, like, tweet at us, shoot a DM. Like, tell me if you are still rooting I'll for the you know, to Gordo. win games. I'll let you know, Gordo. I'll let you know right why. now. Okay, okay. Tell I me, love Coop. Bill Belichick. Sue me. Oh, I love Bill. God, Coop. What? You're just saying what? that because of that shirtless video, Coop. Uh, no, of first of all, I, wanna... <laughs> I, I honor faithfulness not a fan of that move congrats on bill for the sex but bad move you don't you don't leave a girl's house early if it was a girl's house allegedly from a ring video that i didn't watch because i'm pretty sure it's illegal um what a guy what a guy what a guy just that much but that dude gave me so many happy memories growing up and a lot of the personality that boston has right now is because of what that guy did and like the whole yes. Brady Belichick thing, I don't care. I don't care if one did more than the other. I don't care if things started to shrivel up as soon as one left. Um, they just yeah. gave me great memories. And like, I'm just they thankful absolutely for that. Did. He's gone at the end yes. of the year. I think we all agree about that. And I don't really like, I, I've stopped watching because I don't want to see my favorite team lose. Not my favorite team, but my favorite football team lose. I would rather just like go about my day, get alerts and like, catch up on it after and hope that they win because i do want to see that guy win as many games as possible before he leaves here he's not going to set the don shula record of most wins all time by a coach but i want him to continue winning here because i want the majority to be done i want him to get as close as possible while he's still a patriot oh he does use pitch comp thank you for uh, putting that in pat maldonado yeah. does use he had a comp. comment this season that it was brought up about being resistant to it he does in fact use it i fact check that okay great look at um, we're on our p's and q's here at play testing. we're accountable we hold fact ourselves check. accountable why because bill belichick he taught right, us that cool. at a well, young cool. age account to this you say you don't like watching your favorite football team lose if they lose more this year they'll start winning again sooner it's very simple. I feel like anyone rooting for the Patriots to win these games is rooting against the Patriots. But that, like, that I'm, tu sense. I'm tuning in no matter what next season. Like, I bought into but the I fact don't want that, like, suck. I was just kind of like, oh, Bill O'Brien's here. He's going to turn around Mac Jones. You know, exit today, he's screaming at Mac Jones for being a complete <laughs> doofus. Um, he almost killed Mac Jones today. That would, that would be great. On the field. Is that a crime yeah. in Germany? Oh, no. No, but we don't. We don't want. We don't want people to to die. But we. It was funny. Well, not funny. It was sad. Yeah, what are we talking about? Kind of, I think that Jones died on fun. the inside. It was just crazy. Coop, think about it this way. Think about it this way. You want to see Bill? You want to see Bill get his wins or whatever? Think about it this way. Bill Belichick's parting gift to Patriot Nation 
is an all-pro quarterback in the draft. I don't want to be okay with That's being a, a loser. Gift. I don't want to be okay with up. being a loser. So let's get a quarterback so that next year we won't lose. You no, can be a loser. I don't want to do time. it that way. I'm not a Bears fan. I don't root for sadness. I'm not in Cleveland. Let me ask you this. In 2020, no. when it was the worst baseball team we've ever seen in our lives. Mm-hmm. By, let's say by September, were you hoping that team would win baseball games? Yes. No, because we would not have Marcelo Meyer right now if they won baseball game. That's like the the Celtics did this one year. I can't remember. It was like pre-Tatum. They won the last game of the season. I think it was against the Spurs, and it moved them like three spots back in the draft. And everyone was like, oh, I'm glad they won the last game. Well, the NBA like, lottery is rigged anyway. Screw so. this. Like, this sucks. That just killed their odds for a meaningless win. <laughs> Remember when the Jets lost Trevor Lawrence on the last day of the season? Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember they when the Zach Bears Wilson just... instead. Hold up. Hold up. Remember when the Bears trade up, like, did not pick Pat Mahomes? Mitch yeah. Trubisky. <laughs> so don't be stupid in the draft. That's that's step two. But step one, you, like, step one, get the pick. Uh, step two, don't be stupid with it. But how do you know not to be stupid in the draft? Don't be the best. Uh, they used to pick on a kicker and a punter this year. Uh, there's a lot of stupidity going on. Hey, but anyway. Who who yeah, got all the points today for the Patriots? Who got all the points today for the Patriots? The guy the kicker who missed like a 40-yard field goal? That that's guy? not the point. Yeah, who guy, got all the points guy. today for the Patriots? What's his percentage? Like sixty-two percent. That's <laughs> who got all the points today for the Patriots. Uh, the run game. We're so range. sad. We're so yeah, broken by the bad. Patriots. Um, Celtics are on fire. Celtics and Bruins. Look Celtics great. Bruins. Anyway, that's, uh, Celtics Bruins getting ready for the Red Sox. Incredible twenty twenty four season. That's what we're focused on. Also in the twenty twenty four season. This is going to be my enough said before we wrap up with Sammy. Um, Red Sox are moving to a regular schedule of jerseys. I. For those that grew up watching the Red Sox win World Series, the old tradition was you wear whites all throughout the week, except for Fridays where you wear the special reds. Or if it's a day game on a Sunday, do they wear the reds? I thought Fridays were the blues. Sundays were the reds. Fridays were the blues are for a win. Blues are on the road. Road Uh, If they're on the road back in the day, it used to be grays all the time. And then Uh they had the blue ones and the blue ones were Fridays only. Uh, on the road and then the red ones were fridays only at home otherwise it was gray and white there is no, which I, I love, love I, like that. I love the red jerseys so much it is one of my favorite jerseys in baseball and it's because it it was kept special for friday nights and for big games yeah i like that i don't like eddie eddie aces when Corey came in he gave pitchers the availability to pick out what jerseys they want to pick for the day for the entire team Eddie, yeah. like me, loved the red jerseys. What he didn't understand was why I loved the red jerseys, Eddie. I liked them because they were only on Friday. Keep them just for Friday, Eddie. I love that you pop in them as well. We'll maybe get a start on a Friday so then you can pop in it, okay? That's Good I'm point, Coop. That's what I want. Guess what's coming back in 2024? We've got a cycle of white jerseys throughout the entire week. Friday, they're going to be wearing the reds. Saturday... I don't know how I feel about it yet, but they're going to be wearing the the City Connects every Friday at home or every Saturday at home. Sunday, I believe, back to the Whites, or are they using the Boston? Because Corey was white. talking about. I should have prefaced this. Corey was talking about this on Carabas's podcast. Um, so it's. I, I'm a fan. I yeah. like I like continuity. I like tradition. I mean, you talk about 
I I was listening to part of my take and they had I'm blanking on the guy's name. He works for Amazon's um, rules committee as they like tackle covering prime football on Thursdays. But he was talking about how Jim Harbaugh, when he went into Stanford, he, uh, he came in, he was just took away all their traditions and everyone was freaking out. And they were just, he was just kind of like, well, you have to be good to have traditions and you guys aren't good. So we're going to start doing our own thing. That's what I like. We're, we're getting a brand new restart. There's no more yellow jerseys whenever you get cold and you want to start winning. It's bearing it through. It's not relying on gimmicks. Yeah. These are the new age Red Sox. I'm excited. That's my enough said. Agree. Keep them special. That's why they're alts. Alts. All right. Um, so my enough said, uh, we obviously, we like to like joke around a lot on the show. It's a lighthearted show. and We like to keep it light. Um, but on a serious note, uh, I live in Boston. And today I went to South Station to get my bus to Maine. And just want to comment on, it's kind of disturbing that the Duncan in South Station is only like half a Duncan and you can't get sandwiches and stuff. It's mm-hmm. only friggin' muffins and Thank coffee. You. So I was furious today when I needed a I needed a snack. I was gonna have a tummy ache. You want me to have a tummy ache, Duncan? So anyway, yeah, just really sad to see that happening in Boston. Uh, there should be a full Duncan in South Station. Really disappointing. Um, if Michelle Wu can make a change, would really appreciate it. But yeah, I was really hurt today. I, I felt let down by the brand that I support a little too loyally. So shocked yeah. to see you wearing that hat Boston. today after everything. Yeah, I'm literally wearing a Duncan hat right now. So let's like Boston, let's be better together and have a full Duncan in South Station and not this half a Duncan crap. Sorry, guys. I'm just very hurt. no, no. I, Breach, I applaud bro, for bravery. Um, I'm I'm gonna be an ally, Sammy. Right now, I'm gonna be an ally for you. Um, we have the power of the people. Uh, we're very fortunate to have the listenership that we have. The play, the the Tessie heads. I, we're gonna be workshopping that. I don't the hate Tessie heads. heads. I kind of like why, it. why. Why do we not just call them the Royal Rooters? Uh, is that yeah, it's already used. I think that's trademarked. Oh, I mean, I was gonna switch the, the letters. The boiled boot, the boiled booters. Boiled booters. The spoiled. I was gonna say, I was gonna flip the letters around, but that's still royal rooters. All right, good try. Good I, try. They can be, all right, I've got it, guys. They can be the spoiled tutors. Spoiled tutors. <laughs> you have like everyone who listens to us has like stomach problems, and they just, that's all, yeah. hey, all right. So just like all the MLB execs. Listen, that's another opportunity. <laughs> we have two philanthropies for this podcast right now because we want to give back to the community. Uh, we have the Duncan for Sammy uh, Foundation, and we have the uh, Spoiled Tutors Foundation for our our fans with GI troubles. Um, so, for all my people that have trouble with their poops, uh, and all my people that are oh, wanting to yeah. have trouble with their poops because they can't have Duncan, um, yeah. February thirtieth, we're gonna meet outside of South Station, and we're gonna hold a rally. So uh, ten o'clock in the morning. I feel like that's good. February thirtieth. I I ask everyone to come out, bring your best signs, and we're gonna bring food back to Duncan and South Station. Is this is this I'm the ready. Duncan for Sammy Foundation you mentioned? Uh, yes. Yep. Okay, because I my birthday is this year. So if anyone February wants to oh. some Duncan, no, it's Sammy, it's this put year. Your, uh, put uh, your Venmo off there. 30th. Okay. People hey. send you gift cards. Yeah, send me some Duncan. I'll eat all of it. I have a, a body by Duncan, so 
send it my way. I'll this is gonna be it all. This is gonna be the last time we mention Duncan until they write their wrongs. No free ads until further. Yeah, notice. I mean, I was. I'm, I mean, you you see the look on my face. I'm I'm heartbroken when I went there. I it's, it's like a, a confidant, Duncan and I. And I said, oh, I, I can get a sandwich from Duncan. Hold me over until I get to Maine. Just Nothing. gross, sugary muffins in the middle of the day. I'm not gonna get that. Nothing worse than a friend letting you down. But that's exactly what we're not. We're your friends. We're never gonna let you down. That's why we're we're in your ears right now on a nice Monday morning or on a Tuesday. Maybe you got it late. Maybe you didn't get to listen on your commute on the screechy green line, or maybe you weren't getting to drown out the honking horns of 93 on your way into work. Maybe you're just popping down, trying to enjoy dinner, trying to enjoy your lunch at work. And you're just tuning in with us, and we thank you for that. But if you didn't subscribe yet, what the hell? Go and do that. If you're listening on the Odyssey app, we, we want you to listen on the Odyssey app. Odyssey wants you to listen on the Odyssey app. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Google, you're still weird, but I still love you. Subscribe, listen, tell a friend, send it to a friend. Just be like, hey, I, I know you're a Yankees fan. I'm going to send this to you anyways because they talk a little Glaber Torres for you. We appreciate that. And with that, this has been Play Tessie. I'm Coop. That's Pat. That's Gordo. That's Sammy. Gang's all here. Gang, we'll see you next time. Toodaloo.